Welcome into the Jesus Follower. Happy Thursday. Hello, Daniel. Hey, Andrew and everyone out there. So glad that you joined in today. We are, oh, I am very excited. I think we are very excited about the topic today. So hopefully it's a blessing for you as well. I'd rather be somewhere else, but no, I'm, just I'm very excited about today as well. So we'll hop right into it. I told Daniel, and I hope you all agree, I think I have a solid uh, illustration introduction to our topic today. So I am wearing my Columbus Blue Jackets sweatshirt today. It is opening day for them today. They've been very uh, bad historically um, in their 20 years or whatever they've been a thing. But uh, I'm from Columbus originally. I re- really enjoy going to their games. It's a good time. Um, but really, I, I I should, I want to get more involved. I know kind of the where I am as a fan in these different sports by not necessarily the level I know that team specifically, but the whole league as, as as a whole. And honestly, I don't know much of anything about the NHL. I'd like to, and I know the basics of hockey, I could play an NHL game, uh, you know, like on Xbox and survive and do well and know what's going on. But I don't really know anything about the, the surrounding league. Um, yeah. So I, I'd like to do more with that this year. I think that's the next step for me in my fandom to just know more of what's going on. I think sometimes that's the way we operate in our Christian life. We really enjoy Jesus. We know Jesus. And really, we do know that all we need is Jesus in our faith, but we haven't learned and haven't really thought about what Jesus is doing in the world. What's the story of the gospel? What's the story of the Bible? What, what What's Jesus doing outside of in our own heart? Um, and I think that's important. We're going to talk about today is that Jesus is not just something. And we do pigeonhole him in our minds, that, you know, just because we're limited and we're sinful. Um, but... I think we're going to see today, and that's what we're going to explore, how to grow in our love of Jesus, how to see more of Jesus, and how to grow deeper in our relationship with him, as well as see what he's doing around us. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good good way to introduce it, you know, that, yeah, we we oftentimes know, uh, know parts or, or certain components of, but not really the whole surrounding uh, what it's all about, and and you know when we when we talk about Jesus, and we were kind of talking about this, it's it's kind of exploring uh, the co- the commission from Christ. I think as a baseline as to what the mission and the purpose really is. Which a lot of times I think you know I can get distracted on other avenues and other trails that may not be um, directly connected into the baseline specifically. So you know when we think about we you hear the word disciple all the time. And you probably have heard it if you've been in church your whole life, multiple times throughout your life. But disciples making disciples was in, in thinking about Jesus's evangelistic method or, uh, you know, disciple making method is something that a lot of times maybe isn't a lot of specific time spent on that. And that's really important. I think, you know, when we talk about what is the mission really for the child of God, for the church. And that'd be a good point of clarification in the analogy is that, sure, Jesus is the only thing we need to focus on. But in the analogy, in that language, if I just know the Blue Jackets and the team and only the experience in that setting, but don't know hockey as a whole, don't know the history or the context or the broader uh, you know, environment 
that they play in, I don't really know the Blue Jackets as much as I, I think I do. So I think we can... Um, we, we can deceive ourselves into thinking we're really good Christians, but yet know nothing about his mission. So today, yeah, that's the goal is that Jesus is tied to his, his mission and what we're supposed to be in the world today as Jesus followers. Yeah. And um, that's called discipleship. That's what we kind of sum it up as. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, you know, at least in church culture that I've grown up in, it's been more of a, instead of a disciple making process, it's been more of a conversion process. So, Mm. so we, we want people, we want souls converted to Christ, but then we kind of, that's the job done. So we, we preach the gospel, we teach about Jesus. And then if someone gives their life to Jesus, gets baptized, joins a church. Okay, we're good. Let's go to the next one. When as a matter of fact, that would be more of the beginning of the journey rather than the ending of the process. And and I think that's where sometimes we can get really confused because Jesus certainly didn't live that out in his own um, um, the, theological method or his evangelistic method. That was not, he did not just convert and then stop, you know, or we would be in trouble. He, yeah. he poured into, poured into, poured into, and uh, laid the foundation for uh, essentially the beginning of the church and and so uh, it's a very different uh, and, and that's one of the books that I really like the master plan of evangelism and you know a book that we're looking into as a church in some area and we it's just a really good follow after the process of Jesus and and so what I perceive that happens as I think of back in, in my life in the church and in ministry is that uh, a disciple making intentional disciple making which is kind of the commission from Christ in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. Uh, Amen. So teach... Yeah, teach, thrown you make disciples. Uh, that's what Jesus commissions us to do. Yeah. So... What what I perceive happens is this: we convert, we uh, bring into the membership of the church, and then we say serve. So then, what what happens is we have people that are uh, new converts that we're just sending out and saying serve. And so, what they they think is the reality behind their walk is, oh well, I just get saved to serve. I get mm-hmm. saved to serve, and it's like, but Jesus said, make disciples, and so out of proper discipleship making comes proper evangelistic effort in the community around, but it only comes properly as it's an overflow of the love and understanding of who Christ is in your own personal life and walk. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes what it can seem like is a lot of flailing, we'll just call it like, uh, oh, well, we need to do this. This needs to be done and not a whole lot Mm -hmm. of quality. Right. Because you don't, we don't start often with the main thing. And, Mm -hmm. and so that's, as I think about the church culture, even that we live in today, even sometimes here at Rolling Hills, it's like people are, are coming into the church, but how the glory to God, but, but, but how much intentional discipleship has taken place on an individual level, on a small group level to that one that comes in so that they grow in their intimacy with Christ first 
so that what follows that is spiritual fruit in the body of believers here at Rolling Hills and not just flailing activity, (laughs) not just trying, you know what I'm saying? So for sure. So so for me, that's the challenge because I know we had Ben Thornton on the show uh, a few weeks Mm -hmm. ago and Ben was all about discipleship and, you know, that fourth generation discipleship. And uh, and so sometimes, or a lot of times in my ministry doesn't seem like it's that intentional. I don't know if your experience has been different or not. Not really, and it's hard. I think there's a lot of pitfalls and kind of hard to start a conversation like this in general just because discipleship is everything, and it should be everything. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to say, no, it's not just serving. It's not just, you know, reading your Bible or praying. It's kind of all these things. So I get it. It's hard. I've never necessarily... Well, not for a long time. I was in an internship in... uh, Oh, what's it? Uh, near Youngstown, I forget. I'm blanking specifically on the place, um, but uh, Grace Fellowship Church up there, and uh, interned with them for a summer, and that was a really good experience. Uh, they they do that very well, but it wasn't just like a thing where they're outputting a certain amount of numbers or they're uh, you know acting in a certain way. It was really an environment. Yeah, of, you could just sense it, and that's hard to quantify just by nature of it. But I think we kind of when we have the wrong goals in mind, sometimes we can, I think, set up uh, false dichotomies between what's good and what's bad. For instance, we want to be a church that's sending and going out and evangelizing. We talk about that a lot. And then sometimes, I think maybe to say that we, we need to do that, sometimes that comes at the expense of saying you have to be healthy individually mm-hmm. or that you have to, we, we, we talk about focusing inward sometimes as if it's a dirty word, but that's not what the gospel says because we have to be healthy ourselves in order to disciple others. Right. But then on the other side, if you're just focusing on getting yourself healthy and then not going out and ministering yeah. at the expense of one or the other, it, it just, it ties you in knots. Um, so all that is to say is that I think that's the, the way of life that we ascribe to as Christians. It's not just serving in the church or doing A, B, C, and D because we weren't saved to do. We were saved to be in fellowship with God and to exist in harmony with him and worship and all of that. But that's both for his pleasure, God's pleasure and our good. And that's how he designed it in Eden. Yeah. So from there, we have to probably start talking about Jesus's command to make disciples was at the end of his ministry to the disciples, showing them how to be a disciple. Yep. So um, I forget where we hopped off of with what you said but um but yeah i think there's important components to both that make it a whole thing and not just you know we need to do a b c and d because that's not the thing at all yeah i i agree and and i think that the greatest thing and you keep telling people and it sounds like such a cliche thing like go look at the life of jesus and it's like well yeah okay well but really go look at the life of jesus so i I was thinking as as you were talking about you know in matthew and in the gospel in, in particular 
there is a, a very intentional process. So we get to walk through when Jesus calls them uh, to when he sends them. And so there's a uh, there's a time period and there's this uh, a wonderful example of what right is. And I think it's a balance of uh, spiritual leadership being there and walking beside uh, as well as sending folks out in their absence to, to evangelize, to share the gospel themselves. And so... Yeah. You know, in Matthew 10 is the first time that Jesus sends out the 12. And up until that point, he has already went through the process of calling them, calling them out. He has already, he's walked with them. They've seen him do um, some some amazing things in that process. And and so it's, it's a balance. It's definitely a balance, but it's a balance that says that you have to be involved or we need to be actively involved with new converts. Like mm-hmm. it's absolutely not a, oh, someone gets saved and join the church. Okay, I hope you find your way in the church. It, it has to be more intentional than that, I believe. And the, 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 the place where I was discipled, I think that's what was the game changer, was there was a, an extreme intentionality on teaching what the Scripture said, but then there was a follow up with okay let's go do that and mm-hmm. and let's and it wasn't like you go do it and i hope you find success it was like i'm going to do it with you and we'll walk together but then there's going to be times when you're going to go on your own and you're going to continue mm-hmm. with the mission and it's such an important balance because like you said like you do need to be healthy yourself and spiritually before you're going to be productive outside the walls of the church for the for the gospel of christ um, and so it takes both and Jesus portrays that in his life. Like, I'm going to call you, you're going to, I'm going to walk with you, and then I'm going to send you, and then you're going to come back, and you're going to report, and we're going to share testimony, and we're going to rejoice together, and then I'm going to come a time where I'm going to send a bigger group. I'm going to send another group. Uh, then there might be a time where I'm up on the Mount of Transfiguration. You're trying to serve me down here at the bottom of the mountain, so we're not exactly together. So so yeah. it is a it's a balance, I think, and it, but it's all in common. So you can't just say, well, I'm just going to serve, serve, serve. No, no, no. You, you have to, you have to um, grow in intimacy, know God mm. before you're going to be effective serving God. Yes, absolutely. And that's not, no, that's not wrong to say. I think that's why we study theology, not just to go to our nerdy side or to do whatever. It's that what we, how we portray God to others is a direct representation of what we believe about God. And doctrine is just, you know, systems of belief about God and, and Jesus. So if you're, for instance, if you believe God or Jesus to be just someone who's present on Sundays, you don't know, you wouldn't say that, but by your life, your Christian life is limited to Sunday mornings. You don't have a life of prayer. You don't read your Bible. You don't think about God. And that's where you are. If that is your Jesus, if that's who Jesus is in your mind, you're going to, when you witness, it's not going to be natural. You're going to be inviting someone to church instead of inviting someone to Jesus. And when we talk about inviting someone to faith, that might be more difficult for some than others, just because that faith might not be there, which kind of goes back to what you were saying about uh, conversion versus discipling. Yeah. There's got to be that understanding that just at a very elementary level, faith in Jesus is faith in Jesus for our 
entire life. Yeah. And he loves us for ourselves and who we are, who he created us to be and all that means. And we only spend one hour a week here on Sunday. Yeah. So with that, I think that that just goes miles and miles, especially my own understanding of the Christian life for one and witnessing to other people is that when I truly believe and feel and know Christ working in my in the mundane of life yeah. and not just in the spiritual high moments, if he means that much as much rather than in those moments as he does during Sunday mornings, then that changes everything. Yeah. It makes evangelism more exciting because Jesus is there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it, right. And, and, and I think, you know, and sometimes it's a, it's a matter of understanding what part of the race you're coming into, you know, as you begin to, to be discipled, as you begin serving outside uh, the walls of the church, you know, and I was just thinking about, you know, there's all kinds of different parts of the race where you pick up pace at, right? So, we go to the schools. We're very much on a conversion level. We're trying right. to get people to know Jesus. You come to church, you very, very much should be thinking, especially with those that are born again and have been Christians for a while. Okay, how can we dig deeper so that so that in that deeper understanding of God, there's an overflow in your life to other people, and you're making disciples as well. Uh, and so you know, it's a it's not a all same level, same you know, and that's why I think that's where the gifts come in. Like some people are gifted to evangelize and to share the gospel. Some people are gifted teachers to dig deeper. I mean, and you need all of them because nobody generally is at the same place in the race. We're all at different places, and and you have to you have to acknowledge that because it's good. And Paul did a great job of doing that too. Later on in the New Testament, he knew his audience, and so yeah. you know you could sense that in the message that he presented that he knew his audience. Yeah. Yeah, he did for sure. One of the, a major thing within that, knowing the audience were talking about this, it's all about people, and Jesus is all about people. You mentioned programs earlier too, and volunteering and running. It's not about your output as you know what you produce, and it's not about the numbers of people that get saved because of your witness or the uh, you know just the amount that you put out. It's about people and God working through you to people, and yeah. that might mean different things in different situations. Even um, I have a good a, a book that I read in college recommended. It's called the the Trellis and the Vine. I think by Colin Payne. I forget the other author. I'll link it in the show notes. But chapter two talks about ministry mind shifts. I have it up on my Kindle here. Um, and I'll just list a few of them from running programs to building people, uh, from running events to training people, from using people to growing people, uh, from filling gaps to training new workers. Uh, from solving problems to helping people make progress, from clinging to ordained ministry to developing team leadership, from focusing on church polity to forging ministry partnerships, from relying on training institutions to establishing local training, from focusing on immediate pressures to aiming for long-term expansion, and I keep going, but it goes on and on. It changes our mindset. If yeah. we're focusing on people, those things that hit us more immediately, like we got to fill a ministry gap, that's not all ultimately the goal and goes back to what you said too about if we're um, if all we're focused on is just making sure everything is running smoothly we may grow in numbers but we're going to not be growing people yeah that's not going to be discipleship and it's not going to grow a, a you know have a healthy church yeah so uh, it's extremely important and points to the heart of Jesus as well he's not about your output he's about uh 
you know, life in him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important. I mean, and that's why we wanted to cover this in the, in the church is because, uh, you know, so many times we, we get the balance off track and, and it's important to be reminded of, okay, what is the mission? What is the commission from Jesus? It's, it's mm-hmm. not to just muddle our way through. It's not to just have a, a smooth, uh, cl- you know, clean looking ministry necessarily because we're not really clean looking people all the time. Right. So we, we, you know, we do struggle. We do go through things. I mean, there there is there are learning points, and so it's not really that. It's just where are we in really our intimacy with Him? Mm-hmm. Where are we in our depth? And so many times we stay on that milk because we are not taking care and spending enough time on pouring into and growing in our our, our intimate relationship with Him. We're just spending a lot of time on our output. Yeah. And and when that gets off track and it's it's problematic, it's it, it you know it, divisiveness can come. It can you can bring about a, la- a lack of unity or you know a, a variety of things. And so yeah. uh, we wanted to talk about this because of that. Because in my life and in ministry and and probably in Andrews as well, we know what Matthew twenty eight says or the end of the other gospels. We know what the command is, but sometimes it's hard to keep our focus on. Okay, we've got to get to this because this is what Jesus did. Uh, and and all sometimes we can see is there's a thousand other things that need to be done. Yeah. There's a thousand other ministry opportunities, and we just lunge without taking time to adequately train and teach and mentor and disciple those first before we begin to lunge toward the things outside the church, if that makes sense. It does. It does. For me, it just feels empty when uh, it it doesn't hit me until later, but when it's just about the output and you're operating in that way, it's just like, why are we even doing this? It doesn't feel right. Yeah, you're right. Or spiritually rewarding. And I think that probably goes to an encouragement, a challenge for those who lead ministry, whether you're at, uh, you know, Rolling Hills or another place. I was reading another book. I find these free. There's uh, Tim Challies. He's a Canadian author and he runs a blog and uh, he has these Kindle deals yeah. that he, he puts on. And yeah, so I get plenty of cheap books. But uh, one of them recently was On Pastoring by H.B. Uh, Charles Jr. He's yeah. a great preacher. And um, one of his points in, in there was uh, you, you have to sacrifice your idol of being somebody. You can't seek to be somebody and uh, be in Christ and yeah. be a servant of Christ. And that really hit me hard. I yeah. just think a lot of times when we're focusing on numbers that's paired with, we want to grow a ministry to a certain vision that we have in our minds. And then even if we get there, it's not satisfying. Yeah. And for me, I know that's, uh, I didn't realize it until I read it, but that's a lot of times growing it to be either visually impressive, in my case, uh, audially whatever that word would be impressive with worship. And um, that can't be, even if we'd get there, it wouldn't be good. You know, it wouldn't be spiritually fulfilling. Um, It was, it was awesome. I got to, when you guys were gone, sit and be ministered to by uh, people on our our worship team and and sit down. That was such a blessing. And I, you know, you notice different things. All that is to say is that wherever you're, 
ministry is there's freshness to be had yeah. in searching after Jesus on Jesus' terms for who he is, taking a step back and say, how does Jesus want this ministry to be? What does he want yeah. my life to look like? Because Jesus brings the blessing and the growth and the increase, both yeah. numerically, if he would will, also, more importantly, spiritually and, and inside of you and in the person that people that you'd be ministering to and sharing Christ to. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the, the big challenge for me lately that God, I, f- I believe is laid on my heart is, is people need to see Jesus. And, yeah. you know, that's, you know, we often, you know, we have our, all of our little, you know, things, ABCs of Christianity. We have all these little, little ways and uh, to try to go through the process. But in the real reality is people just need to see Jesus, I think. And, and, and the challenge with that, you know, why our intimacy is so po- important is because if we haven't seen him ourselves and we're not seeing him, it's going to be really hard for us to show other people who he is. Yeah. Um, and so it makes a huge difference if, if you're not healthy yourself and you're not spending time in the Word and you're not spending time in prayer and you're not drawing near and and you're not digging into to Bible studies and things at church. I mean, if, if we're not striving for him, then it's really going to be hard for us to show other people a good picture of who he is because we don't see it on a daily basis. And, yeah. uh, and it makes all the difference in the world. You know, like anything else, when you see when you see something exciting and you just can't wait to tell someone, guess what I saw, you know, and yes. when you are a firsthand account of that and you're like, oh man, and that was so awesome that comes with excitement and boldness and passion and and a fearlessness because you saw it with your own two eyes. Um, and the same thing comes with Jesus. He's the greatest um, savior of the world, greatest one we'll ever know. And so when you see him, uh, you the way that you share, the way that you evangelize, the way that you minister, the way that you show other people is so vastly different than someone that's just telling about someone they know a little bit about but really have not seen him. Yes, yes. And if he's not, like you were saying, your whole life or, uh, you, you know, crucial as you view it to what you do, how you live, then you're not going to be able to convince somebody else to make that commitment, yeah. you know, if you haven't. So um, I think we got to go. We'll be back next time. I feel like we're we circling the wagon. I don't know if yeah. it's just me talking about it, um, but this is a lot of Good, I think, that we covered today. Maybe to leave us with something. Daniel, is there... We'll probably do part two next week, I would imagine. Yeah. And keep going. Is there anything that we should focus on in our walk with Christ specifically to better uh, process, view discipleship in our lives? Uh, Yeah, that's a good... And and this is kind of... uh, This is kind of... uh, what was Jesus's commission to us? And we want to do a part two so we can talk more specifics about, okay, you know, discipleship is important. What do we need to do? You know, that type thing. And so the main thing that I believe we can ever focus on, which sounds so kind of, maybe kind of strange, maybe to you, I don't know, but is, is to really focus on your relationship with him. Uh, and, and while oftentimes we preach and teach, read the word, pray, and you think, well, I hear that all the time, but really there's not a better 
better thing that you can be doing other than growing in your intimacy and knowledge of him? Like, because that is going to overflow your cup and pour out on all that's around you. But if that's not present, then you're running on empty and trying to minister on empty. And that just, that doesn't prove to be effective. And so all of our strength, all of our wisdom, all of our sight, all of our everything comes from him. And so for that, if as that is true, you've got to know him intimately. So yeah. I think the main thing that you can be doing and, and, you know, perhaps next, next time, that's one of the things we can talk about. I've heard people say multiple times, well, I read the word, but I just don't understand the word or I read the word. It just doesn't, you know, uh, and, and, and we can, we will dig into stuff like that next time and say, well, how can you read the word productively? You know, what, yeah. what are you really looking for? Produ- you know, because it is a living word. And, and so and I've also heard people, well, I just open randomly to a place and I start mm-hmm. reading and yeah. you can do that, but there's also another, other ways you can go about reading scripture and learning about God that may help you more contextually instead of just opening to a spot and pulling a piece out or a chapter out. Um, and so a lot, there's a lot of components that go into, okay, what do I need to do? How do I need to read? How do I need to dig? How do I need to know him and grow in him? What are some of those techniques and things that Andrew and I have found? And it's just recommendations that we found helpful in our own discipleship and spiritual journey that hopefully we can pass on and help you in yours um, and help you to grow in your intimacy. So I think that would be yeah. a place of, of focus. For sure. I'm challenged by uh, 1 Corinthians 9. I'm reading here 26 and 27. It says, uh, Paul says, so I do not run like one who runs aimlessly or box like one beating the air. Instead, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control so that after preaching it to others, I myself will not be disqualified. So I think that's kind of where we are. We talk about relationship with Christ and that becomes whether, you know, we mean to or not. So, uh, you know, just so germane, so so normal mm-hmm. in our, our lives that like we don't really want necessarily to be friends with Christ, you yeah, know, in yeah. relationship, which is bad. But I know I've been there and we're all there. You hear relationship with Christ, you're like, okay, and then nothing changes. Yeah. So I'm challenged by that passage at just as you know, you might not be a gym person. Um, I'm trying to go more often, just like you would train your body to run a race as we, uh, you know, we talked about on Sunday and Hebrews 12 talks about that. We're running towards Christ and glory. We're not just hanging out after we've been saved. There's stuff to do both personally, evangelically. Uh, There's a lot to be done. So, just in the way that you train to run a race, we have to so be sober-minded, as the scripture says, and really choose to grow up spiritually yeah. in the Holy Spirit and be ready to run, be ready to train spiritually and how much more productive that will be spiritually and not yeah. just productive, rewarding and useful, beneficial uh, spiritually that'll be then even training physically, yeah. as the scripture says. Yeah, that's right. And so, so exciting beginnings, but, uh, we would really challenge you and encourage you to join in next time as we, as we dig a little deeper and we look at some of the specifics as to what that has looked like in our life and challenge you with some things maybe you can do differently that may help you grow in a deeper fashion in your relationship with God. So yeah. hope, hope, hope you'll be able to join in. It's been good to be with you today. Discipleship is the, is the main thought. And we want to just carry on with that next time as well. All right. Yep. Discipleship extravaganza part two next week. And uh, we'll see you then. Have a great day. 
Thank you.